Hello and welcome to the Noodlebugs podcast, where we discuss aspects of the natural world. I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Today we spoke to mushroom enthusiast and general fun guy, Chris Templin. He is extremely knowledgeable about fungi. So let's get into the podcast and have a good one. So our first question is, when did you first get interested in fungi? What made you really go like, ah, yeah, this is so cool. I'm going to learn about this. Good question. Um, uh, 11 years ago, so 2010, I was living in the Netherlands overseas and uh, it was winter. So it was very cold and dark, sometimes snowing, and I didn't have a job. So I spent a lot of time on the internet Mm -hmm. and I found a few websites that talked about mushrooms and mushroom picking and foraging. So I did some research and because I was in the Netherlands, there's lots and lots of forests around the town where I was living. Yeah. So I got to learn a lot about mushroom picking and looking for edible mushrooms um, in the forests out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, So that was probably it. I had a housemate who was also interested and we would go out into the, into the forests and look for all sorts of mushrooms, but a couple in particular, um, one is a very famous one called a porcini and people say it's the most delicious mushroom you can find. So we always wanted to find one of those. Yeah, I guess. We didn't. I don't think we succeeded, but there was some, an interesting fact, though. Do you know about, and we can talk about this later as well, but do you know the uh, the Chernobyl nuclear accident? Oh, yeah, I do know that. You know about that? So that was in 1986, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, mushrooms, they can absorb radiation. So some of the mushrooms that are still growing in the forests in Europe, in the Netherlands, which is a long way from Ukraine, where the accident was, they still have radiation that they can trace back to the accident in, uh, in, uh, in Ukraine in the 1980s. So you, you can pick the mushrooms, but sometimes they say some of them, you have to be careful if you want to eat them because they uh, contain radiation from Chernobyl. Oh, that's actually really cool. Yeah, it lasts a long time. It's a bit scary, I think. Mm, yeah. Hopefully that doesn't happen again. This sounds yeah. quite worrying. Imagine going like... Imagine if you lived like near Chernobyl and you went like mushroom picking and you got lost in the forest and you picked a mushroom and you showed yeah. it to your friend and your friend was like, "That's that mushroom might be radioactive." Yeah, you grow a you grow a third eye like the fish in The Simpsons. Hey, you would just be like, "What?" <laughs> I I've I've read though that because they nobody lives around Chernobyl anymore and so what's happened is the ecosystem has rebounded. So it's mm. full of bears and wolves and deer and lots of uh, lots of animals and plants. It's it's still not safe because there's radiation, but the native life has uh, uh, returned where there used to be lots of people, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, that's a really good thing, I would imagine. It's well, a good upside. Good for the ecosystem, good for the world. Which brings us on quite well to our second question. Can mushrooms save the world? It's a good question again. I think... 
I think if we have a, a, a better understanding of humans and humanity's place in the ecosystem as a part of it, um, and by extension of that, a better understanding of how an ecosystem functions, I think we can save the world. I think there's lots of things that mushrooms can be used for um, that will help the world. You know, I think about climate change when I think about yeah. saving the world. That's, that's what I big... think about too, really. But also... That's what you think about? Yeah. What else? I also think, you know, we should probably fix the problem that, like, racism and all that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I don't um, think mushrooms can help with that, that, really. Yeah, I don't know if mushrooms... I think mushrooms help with um, with climate change and pollution as well. Yeah. So I was... Um, break I was down... It. Break down waste. Yeah, they can break down waste. And also I saw that there's a company in America that's using mycelium, you know, like the, the body of the mushroom. Yeah, yeah I know about that. To create packaging. So instead of plastic or cardboard, you've got a renewable, recyclable, compostable uh, packaging, which you can use for, say, you know, you do your shopping on Amazon maybe. And instead of it coming with yeah. bubble wrap and lots of plastic, it comes with the mycelium wrapping. That's a really good thing. Like, good job, that one American company. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So it's, I think, in small ways, mushrooms can save the world. Um, but in a bigger way, I think if we have a, if we understand a little bit more about where we sit in the natural world, mm -hmm. then I think that's probably the big key for me. And um, understanding for me, mushrooms were a really good way to open that understanding because they play an important role. And there's so many different types of mushrooms doing lots of interesting things. So it helped give, give me a, a, a good perspective on how you can have big jobs and little jobs and everybody playing an important job in an ecosystem. Mm -hmm. So the all rounder of that question or the, sh the long and short of that question is that in small ways, yeah, they can help. Yeah, I think in small ways. I think there's a lot, like you, you said, racism is a big problem and, you know, war between countries, they're big problems. But I think for the environment, mushrooms can play a really strong role. Also, I was wondering whether mushrooms can help with the problem about bees. How do you, how do you mean? What, what's the connection? Well, bees are quite dying quite fast and we obviously... Yeah. Over, due to overuse of pesticides. Yeah. So, did did um anyone ever really figure out a way to, you know, fix that problem? And would mushrooms be a good answer to it? Well, do you know um do you know a man called Paul Stamets? Have you heard that I name? Heard of him, yeah. He's the he's the guru. He's the mushroom the mushroom king, he's the mushroom expert. And he, he discovered a way to take care of termites in his house. And what he did was he put a type of fungus onto like rice grains or something like breadcrumbs maybe. Um, so the ants would come out and they'd eat the grains that were covered in the fungus. Now, this was a really special type of mushroom called the cordyceps. Oh, I know about these. Yeah, it's the, like the zombie fungus, right? Yeah, the zombie fungus. And so the ants would take it into their nest and they'd eat it. They think they were getting a, a nice meal, but in fact, they were bringing a lethal bio agent into their homes. Non-toxic, not, not toxic to bees, 
but very toxic to that particular type of uh, termite. And so Paul Stamets was able to take care of the, the termite nests in his house without using pesticides, without using poisons and without hurting other animals and, and creatures. So maybe there's a way there. I think, you know, more research into this space, finding different molds and funguses or extracting things from them that might be less harmful to insects and bees. Maybe that's a way we can, uh, we can balance how you can have good healthy crops and good healthy bees. Okay. Also, there's a little like sort of side question here. Yeah. I've got, I know I, I know I said earlier that I don't have a terrarium, but I do have a little terrarium. It, it's, yeah. it's got holes in it. It's not like an ecosystem terrarium, but yeah. it was doing well, but I think I might've watered it too much. And now it's got this yeah. yellow fungusy moldy type thing in it. And I'm not sure what type of, it's kind of like see-through as well. It's really weird. And I'm not sure what type of fungus it is. Does it look like a jelly maybe? It kind of looks like a jelly, but it doesn't move like a slime mold would. Uh, I, would I don't know. Hey, there's so many, there's so many different types of molds and fungus and mushrooms. Even in Australia, um, there's a, a woman in Melbourne. She's a mycologist. She is a, she's a doctor of um, science. Okay. And I think she said to me once, I did a course with her on mushroom picking she said that in all of Australia, there's only a couple of full-time mycologists. Um, yeah. And there's so many mushrooms that have never really been studied properly by science or even given names. Yeah. So yeah, you've, you, you might have a unique one in your, uh, in yeah. your bedroom. That's a cool <laughs> thing to think about. Like, yeah, as long as it isn't in your shoes or under your bed and it stays <laughs> in that little terrarium. <laughs> I, okay. Um, I think I should probably get onto the third question now. We're already like 15 minutes in or something like that. Number three is, should fungus have rights? Should fungi have rights? Because we know they're not entirely plants. Yeah. They're so in the, same way that, in, the same way, in the same way that uh, animals, some animals have some rights? Mm, animals have some rights, but fungus are like... They're not a plant, but they're also not an animal. So what are they? And do they deserve... Do they like... Because you can have like a, you know, mushroom omelette, mushrooms in your omelette or something like that. Yeah. Is that like eating an animal or is it eating a plant or is it just eating something else? And also, is it like if you're a vegan or a vegetarian, yep. would you eat a mushroom? Because it's not, yeah. it's not a plant, but it's not but an it's, animal it's, either. Um... For a long time, they thought they were plants, didn't they? Yeah, but they're obviously not because... Yeah, why? why not? Well, they're not plants because they don't act like plants. Because if you were a plant, you would have most likely have a seed and it would grow into a yeah. plant. But mushrooms have, like, they live in the soil. They're like roots. They, I mean, they don't have roots. Oops, <laughs> wrong way around. They don't have roots. What do you mean? So what's the the key thing with a plant is that it gets its food from sunlight. Mm -hmm. Sunlight into energy through photosynthesis, right? Yeah. And fungus don't do that. Fungus eat things. Yeah, they eat things, especially parasitic types. Yeah, the parasitic ones. uh, They eat wood. Mm. They grow on all sorts of things. So that's a really good question and really quite quite a deep one. Um, I don't think so. I don't think mushrooms need to have rights. 
themselves. No, no. I, I, but I, I really appreciate your line of thinking because, um, you know, we, we, we have these, we like black and white lines, don't we? We like when clear definitions and mushrooms all of a sudden, like they're not animals, they're not plants, they're their own kingdom. Yeah, um, like a red line. So maybe like I was thinking about this today and I thought maybe I would, I, I think ecosystems should have rights. Mm. You know, we, we have this idea that there's special national parks that should never be cut down. You know, you can't bring dogs in there. You can't cut trees down. You can't let light fires in them. You can't go camping wherever you want to. They're protected. So we have this idea that some natural places need to be protected, um, which I think is really important. Um, so maybe within that framework, um, mushrooms can have rights, mm -hmm. but um, I'm not sure about eating them because I'm a meat eater. I eat meat. Um, so I, I guess it would be interesting if you you know, you had a conversation with a vegetarian and, you know, maybe they had a different view on this or a vegan and they had a different view on this. But for me, I don't, I don't think, I don't think they have rights, but who knows? Uh, I don't know everything here. That's, that's just a guess. <laughs> okay. That's a what about you? What do you think? What do I think? Yeah. This well, is, think... this was, this is a really interesting question. So I'm curious what you, what do you think about it? Well, I think they don't, I think mushrooms don't really need rights because I feel like they're just going to take their rights back because we're all <laughs> like 99% bacteria and other outside yeah. sources that aren't actually you. Yeah, good. I like and that. Fungus, yeah. are, fungus are rather similar to bacteria and yeah. I would imagine they're kind of similar family types. So I imagine one day we're all going to be zombie slaves to fungus. <laughs> That's a really good, that's a really good way to look at it. Cause they, you know, at what point does a human begin and end? You know, like you said, in our tummies, for example, there's so many different yeasts and bacteria all playing a role to make us a human. Mm, yeah. There's the edge of us. Where do we start? And the DNA of another creature, where does that begin? Yeah. I, I don't know. That's a, that's a pretty deep question. Yeah. It's a similar qu question to if viruses are alive because they don't actually fit under the definition of alive. Yeah, I don't think they are, are they? I, I don't know. I don't know enough biology, but I don't think viruses are alive. And what do you think about RNA? Um, I don't know enough. Oh, I, okay. I, I, I probably don't think about RNA. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we, we read a lot about it because of because of COVID. Obviously, I know a virus is, is RNA, isn't it? And it mm. programs cells. But apart from that, I. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, never mind then. Um, <laughs> yeah, save it for another time. <laughs> so what is the most interesting fungus fact, in your opinion, that you've ever, like, come across? Like this, like the single fungus fact? I was pretty, I thought it was pretty cool when I learned, again, from Paul Stamets about his experiments with mushrooms eating up um, petrochemicals and oil waste. Mm -hmm. um, and not only that, but then being oyster mushrooms, you know, you can buy oyster mushrooms at the supermarket. So the fact that fungus can eat plastic, um, they can eat oil and transform it into, um, you know, a benign product, a product that isn't so harmful. I thought that was pretty interesting. You know, once, uh, have you, do you know of a town called Warburton? Have you heard of that? Oh yeah. I've been to Warburton before. You've been there? Yeah, yeah, that's like the Yarra River starts up in those hills. So, you know, the, the river goes through is the same Yarra that we have in the city. Um, and 
above Warburton, there's a big mountain called Mount Donabuang. And it gets a bit of snow in the winter. So people often go there to, to do some playing. Halfway up the mountain, there's a spot you can go for a little walk and it's called the Rainforest Gallery. And I went there once uh, a few years ago now in the winter and at dusk. So the light was, light was going. And walking through this rainforest gallery, we found, uh, I think they're called ghost mushrooms and they glow in the dark. That's really cool. I, thought... I, don't, know how. I don't know how, but you, you walk through and you see glowing mushrooms. Maybe it's fluorescent light. Possibly. No, no, no. There was no light source. You're in the bush. No, but some creatures use fluores fluorescent light. Oh, sorry. I, mis I misunderstood. I, I was thinking like ultraviolet light, you know, with those like blue light. Oh, things. no. no that I was, that thinking... was my mistake. It could be, yeah, fluorescent light because... You know, that's what anglerfish use as like a light that they hang over their heads, yeah. like a like a little crane thing. Yeah, they're, they're creepy things. Like uh, maybe um, like fireflies. Maybe they yeah, do something like, similar too. Yeah. That is, that's the same thing. Fireflies also use fluorescent light, I believe. Yeah, I think I think it might be called sorry. like bioluminescence. Bioluminescence. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Wrong word. But I know what you mean. So that was. I don't know if that's a fact, but the idea that a creature can glow i think is pretty cool and, and you know about the insects and the fish and the animals that do it but uh seeing a, a mushroom do it in the in the forest that was pretty cool for me uh, okay i man i wish i could glow like a mushroom make, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> make going make getting up in the night to get some milk or something way easier or yeah, go to the yeah you wouldn't need a torch when you go camping you just like hit your glow button and away you go yeah. You wouldn't be very good at hide and seek, though. Everyone would see um, you. Yeah, true. If only there was an <laughs> on and off button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd have to hide it somewhere, maybe like behind your ear, so you could just yeah. scratch it and no one would know you were turning it on. Yeah. Yeah, like that. I thought, my, I thought the most interesting fungus fact I've ever learned, other than that one you just told me, was um, I heard about this place where, you know how nappies are such, like, a bad contender of like single use use nappies being not very good for the waste and all that i yep. saw it i heard of this thing where there was there was a i'm pretty sure it was a country or maybe it was just a um maybe it was just a town but it was something like that and they grew they actually grew like edible fungus on the nappies like you, oh. <laughs> I know I wouldn't want to eat it either, but baby poo. There's some baby baby poo mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, they taste. They work. They work perfectly fine. They're still perfectly edible. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Even though when you have you ingest something, like you have food, you consume something, yeah. it does become a part of you. Somehow, when it goes through a mushroom, you know. Like it, gets just, it just transforms, yeah. Oh, you know what? I just thought of another really cool mushroom fact that I heard just this week. I was listening to another podcast. Um, so do you know uh, what penicillin is? Have you heard of that? Pen penicillin. Um, penicillin? Is it like mycelium? I think. No, penicillin is a type of mold. So it's it, oh. it, it, it covered on bread. So, you know, if you leave oh. bread out for too long and it goes a bit blue, 
So that's simple. often a penicillin mold. Uh, they are, people also use penicillin to make blue cheese. Have you tasted blue cheese? No. <laughs> okay, blue cheese is really strong. It's really stinky. And they, they, they inject penicillin into it. Now, that's all cool. But the best thing about penicillin was that scientists found that it was an antibiotic. Or you could take an, you can make an antibiotic from it. That's cool. And so the first time you were able to give someone an injection and it happened around the Second World War, I think you could give them an injection of penicillin and it would kill an infection. It would, you know, especially for, for soldiers who were fighting in like the hot jungles, mm -hmm. you could get a cut and it would get really infected really quickly. And penicillin was a way to stop the infection. So you go to hospital and you have a, an operation, you could get penicillin to stop you getting sick. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, I don't know where this mummy was found, but or even if it was a mummy, but there was a, a, a preserved ancient oh, yeah. humanoid. Now, um, I think it was a Neanderthal and it was so well preserved that when they looked in, they looked into its teeth, yes. they found remnants of like a fungus in there. They did some research on it. They investigated it and they found out that this Neanderthal had a, an infected tooth. They could tell that from the, the state of the tooth, but what they found was that the fungus that we, this person was chewing on was a penicillin type fungus. And so the theory is that these Neanderthals, and you know, like when you see a cartoon of a Neanderthal, they're like cavemen, they've got clubs and they're very primitive. Yeah. The theory is that this, this person, this being had an infection in its mouth and it was eating a fungus that it had worked out had an antibiotic effect. So they worked it out way before modern medicine did. 20,000 years before. Way that, before. That is amazing. That's pretty cool, I reckon. That's a, that's, maybe that's like a, that's, that's a 50-50 fact. It's 50-50 fungi, 50-50 Neanderthal. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, I thought one of the, well, I should probably get to the next question soon because we're running out of time. But I thought one of the most interesting facts is that they're the, the largest mushroom is this honey mushroom. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard about it, but it covers like 500 meters. It's amazing. I've yeah, never actually seen it. Wait, no, hold on. It doesn't, yeah. 200 hectares, sorry. That's pretty big. Yeah, massive for a mushroom. Is it one mushroom or is that like the mycelium? Oh. Yeah, it's just one mushroom, one absolutely enormous mushroom. Oh, that's like out of a, a an alien science fiction book. It's probably like two thousand. I believe it's like two thousand years old. It'd have to be if it's that big, wouldn't it? Take a long time to grow. Except the question is, holding I'm about to go V-source here, but is it really the same mushroom? Because every like couple of years, or maybe it's just a year. Or maybe it's a month. I don't know the exact time frames. But your body is constantly losing skin and losing part of your bodies, and yeah. body bodies and regenerating it. So by like, by the time I'm twenty, I may yeah. as well be a different person. Well, but that's that's, yeah. a, that's another very deep yeah. philosophical line of thinking. Mm. Uh, I think in in Buddhism, you know, the the religion Buddhism. Do you know about that? Uh, yeah, I do know about that. Yeah, so that, that, that often focuses on what is, who am I? What am I? What, what, is, what is the self? And is it the body? Is it like our skin or is it like our brains or is it something else? So I don't know. Is, I don't know. Is, 
Neither do I, but good question. Yeah, the only thing we know is that we don't know. Einstein might have said that. I don't know. He might have done. <laughs> it sounds like something he might have said. Yeah. Also, um, this is the fifth question, by the way. What makes fungus or fungi so unique? What makes it, what is it actually that makes it different from everything else we encounter? Oh, well, I mean, we, we spoke a little bit earlier about yeah, how it's different kind of from a, animals kind and of plants. Like a, yeah, this is kind of like a sub-question, like a mini-question. Well, in my opinion, what I think makes it so unique is that you've got such a big range of, of uh, molds and funguses within that kingdom and doing different things. Some of them, they're just doing their job in an ecosystem, they're eating wood and creating energy or they're working with tree roots. But then there are other ones that we, we, we use in our daily lives that you would use in your daily life that you sometimes we even forget that they exist. So um, I'm thinking about bread. You know, where would we be without yeast? You know, you might make uh, a loaf of bread or you go to the supermarket and you have bread. That's because we've been able to un understand fungi. That's pretty cool. Um, you drink alcohol. That's because of fungi. I don't, but... You definitely don't, but uh, adults do, and that's a result of, uh, of fungi. Mm -hmm. uh, some cheeses. Oh, so yeah. All these the things like... talked about earlier. Yeah, I think it's unique or... In, I think it's unique in the fact that in the way that it's interwoven, it's tied in so much with our daily lives, and we don't often think about it. It's you know, In autumn, when the mushrooms come, we, we think about it because we see them all, but yeasts are everywhere, and they're part of that family. Mm -hmm. and also sixth question is there any way to distinguish safe fungi from poisonous fungi or full are you talking about are you talking about like for eating uh is there any foolproof way to distinguish like safe fungus that you can eat that you can touch that you can you know from poisonous fungi no. which you no no, no chance no, there's no no it's not chance you know because you it's it, all the information's there but, you know, someone saying that if it's colourful, then you shouldn't touch it. That's, that's then... yeah, that's pretty, that's just for the entire world, really. Or not for the entire world, but for, like, nature. If you see a colourful yeah. frog, don't touch it. Colourful iguana, actually, if there's a colourful iguana, it's probably safe because it's an iguana. But... <laughs> colourful mushrooms, colourful frogs, colourful spiders, colourful spiders, yeah. yeah. Colourful snakes. Things that are known to be dangerous, unusually colourful. Well, do you know what though, Ned? Um, there's a, there's a type of mushroom that grows in Victoria, and sometimes in the more in the ACT, and it grows in symbiosis, which means it grows um, in a linked relationship with oak trees. Oh yeah, I read about this actually. Yeah, this one's really scary. I read so it about. It looks like a mushroom. It looks like a, a mushroom called uh, a straw mushroom, which is really common, I think, in a lot of Chinese kitchens. Mm -hmm. And the, the the local mushroom here, which is incredibly dangerous, its full name is Amanita phalloides, mm -hmm. and it's also known as the death cap. Oh my and god! If you eat it; it does awful things to your liver, and there's a really good chance that people that you will die if you eat this by mistake. Okay, I will and not. It looks really them. similar to a to an edible mushroom. Uh, okay. I did hear about um. 
mushrooms that live in sorry about this but i did hear about mushrooms that live in co cooperation with um oak trees mushrooms that live in cooperation with oak trees in the book mycelium running i recommend reading it yeah it's a it's a it's a good one yeah it's a good one and seven what is the strangest fungi what is like the weirdest one you've seen i know this kind of sounds like um the most interesting fungus but like the most i don't know yeah <laughs> strangest one that i've seen yeah or uh, that you've uh, heard of but just well the, I, I, i've i've found a cordyceps a couple of times oh yeah um, and that's really cool yeah those are I, really weird you know it just looks like a little finger sticking up out of the ground and if you you carefully dig down and maybe like this far beneath the surface of the ground. So what's that? Maybe 10 centimeters. Mm -hmm. We found like a witchy grub that had been eaten by the mushroom. Oh my really God. A mummified, mummified little grub down there and the mushroom sticking up out of its head. So that's probably the coolest one that I've found. That's pretty weird. But uh, on the podcast that I listened to, and I'll, I'll share it with, with your dad so you can listen as well. Um, he was talking about a type of mushroom that he called an extremophile, um, which means something that loves living in really harsh environments. So it might be super hot, acidic or salty. And these mushrooms were living in the insides of the reactors at Chernobyl and they were eating the radiation. That is like, that's like a hardcore mushroom. Yeah, it's pretty tough. That's like out of a super, it's like superhero novel, uh, yeah. comic, right? A hardcore so mushroom. But I'm, I haven't been to Chernobyl, so I haven't seen that one. Wonder, I wonder how long it is until we have until there's another accident like Chernobyl. But oh, this yeah. time we're gonna have like mutant mushrooms running around. <laughs> yeah, I mean that'd be. I reckon there was. What do, What do you think about like prehistory, millions of years ago? You know, the Earth was a very different place, probably even before dinosaurs. Yeah. Maybe there was a time when there were giant mushrooms back then. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, we have no proofs, but it's also no proof to disprove it. So yeah, it's all so. theory, right? Yes. Yeah, what about you? What's what's the strangest one that you know of? The strangest fungi that I know of. Well, I don't know the name of this one, but there is a fungi that I know of. That's like this yellow fungus, and it's like if you like break it or, you know, I don't know, like if you damage the top, it like yeah. spurts out all this basically it, it may as well be vomit because it's like it smells and tastes like vomit and you also you need a special type of gene to die to digest it so you can digest it some of the time but not all of the time oh so if you don't have that gene then you get like an upset tummy uh well then you probably doesn't sound like you want to eat it though it doesn't uh, sound very delicious you wouldn't want to eat it no Ah. Uh. Uh, I've found a couple in um, in Melbourne in like council parks where there's tan bark, um, like I... stink horns. Stink horns. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, stink horns. Stink so they're, they're bright red and they emit the most disgusting smell. It's like a dying animal. But insects really like it. And you know what the point of any mushroom is? It's to spread its spores so mm -hmm. you can grow more. Mm -hmm. So the spores are in this disgusting smelling ooze and uh, flies and insects come and they love it. And then they go and spread the spores themselves. Okay. So it's like um, one of those extremely annoying seeds that like prick you 
and you run yeah. away in pain and then you shake them everywhere and then the seeds yeah. grow, and then you grow and then more trees grow with the more annoying seeds yeah kind of like, exactly except for insects not humans yeah it's, it's evolution you know so yeah. they're, they're very clever and they're all finding ways to spread their seeds spread their spores so yeah. like um what about do you, what do you know about truffles uh, truffles uh i know i know that um they use wild pigs to hunt them sometimes yeah yep. like wild boars. They, they smell really distinct yeah. some people love them some people are like they don't care then they're, they're good they're bad they don't really mind so much i really like the smell and it's the same truffles have a smell which some animals and for some a couple of truffle species humans they just find it so delicious so they pick them up and they eat them and they spread the spores that way and they're all every every type of mushroom its only job is to spread the spores to grow more mycelium mycelium is the fungus right like that's the that's the that's the main part of the the organism okay that's really good to know and really interesting information thanks chris it has been real it has been fascinating listening to you it's it's you know it's been so cool talking to you ned and maybe um next autumn i know it's going to be a long way away now but maybe next autumn when the mushrooms start growing again we can go on a a walk and we can i can teach you about some edible mushrooms you can pick cool i'm I, I only know of one edible mushroom that I've... I, I know more than one edible mushroom, obviously, but I've only actually seen one that I'm positive is edible, which is a pine oh, mushroom, yeah. which is a pine mushroom. I was going on a holiday to Castlemaine, right? Yeah. And we went walking, and it was so cold, there was, like, frost. And we, we, saw, we looked under this pine tree... Yeah. And there are all these slimy, gross mushrooms that would have once been pine mushrooms, but something must have like flicked them up or something because they they were like yeah. they weren't growing anymore. I apologize yeah. for drawing that out, <laughs> drawing it out a bit. Yeah. Because they're 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 good ones to find because you can be yeah. very confident that they're they're pine mushrooms. Yeah, because they live in symbiosis with pine trees and they don't grow anywhere else. So yeah, if you see a you see a mushroom you think is a a uh, uh, pine mushroom, but it's in an eucalyptus forest. You go, uh, uh, uh. No, Money no, making no. Here. Don't eat that one. Yeah, definitely don't eat that one. I also see this red mushroom all the time. That's really common. It's like a little stalk, and it's got like this, and it's got a flat top. Yeah. Yeah, I see that one all the time. It's really common, but I'm not sure what it is. Me and my, me and Chance have been like. We've got like these little specimen jars and we've been like collecting mushrooms and we've been taking them home trying to identify them but i haven't identified these two it's just a verbal it's just an audio podcast right is it yes, or is it video it is as well audio. just audio yeah well if maybe I'll, I'll bring up my screen and i'll show you what my favorite mushroom is that i found in, okay uh... oh i can't do it okay you can't do it. You right. can't screen share. No. You can't screen share. Well, that's annoying. That's uh, all right. I can describe it. Hang on. Uh, we apologise. We're having technical difficulties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Now you can. You can now. Try again. Yeah. There we go. So this one's called Mycena interrupter. Alan, we can't see you. Oh my god, that's. Isn't that gorgeous? I think we actually saw that in Chance's book. 
We saw yeah, that bright, yeah. pretty blue one. Yeah. Yeah. So for all your all the listeners, maybe 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 you should describe what what we're looking at. Well, it's like a it's like a very vi it's like a it's got like so, sort of white stalk, but not really. It's like a bluey tinged white, and it's got a capped top, not a flat top. It's a cap. And it's got this really vibrant, amazing blue. And it's got gills underneath. It looks kind of like a jellyfish, but with only one stem. Yeah, a they're, they're, jellyfish. They're, it's like a, an electric blue almost, isn't it? And they're tiny, Ned. They're so little. Like, they maybe half as long as your fingernail. So you have to look really carefully in the rainforest for them. Mm -hmm. um, but every time I found those, I've been so excited because they're just so pretty. <laughs> so if you're listening to this, you can search up Mycena Interrupter. And you'll be able to see them for yourself if you want to on like a picture. And I think it's also oh, called the Pixie, the Pixie's Parasol. Oh yeah, Pixie's Parasol. Which is a, a cool one. So yeah, that's that's my that's my favourite little one. It's not the most interesting because I don't I don't know that it does lots of lots of cool things in the ecosystem. I think it just eats wood, but uh, it looks really good while it does it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for being here with us chris we really appreciate it great to see you again ned and uh stay stay fun yeah we will be a fun guy <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i all right i can't believe i didn't expect that uh, it's, a, it's a bad dad joke all right i'll speak <laughs> to you later ned. Okay. <laughs> bye cool see Congratulations, you've made it to the end of this Noodlebugs podcast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Look out for other Noodlebugs podcasts that may be coming soon, and have a good day.